How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina, and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music, and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie, and Wrightsville, and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. Hey Eagles fans, this is Mike K from NJ Advanced Media and welcome to the No Huddle Show podcast where we discuss anything and everything Philadelphia Eagles. You can read our content on nj.com slash eagles, bookmark that, and you can subscribe to our exclusive Eagles Insider Tech Service where we'll break news, give you insider observations, and provide in-depth analysis. Through Eagles Extra, you can send questions and comments directly to us and we'll respond to your phone. With me today, as always, is my fellow Eagles beat reporter, Chris Franklin. Today, we're going to discuss the Eagles injury situation, Jalen Hurts' potential, and we'll preview the Week 2 matchup against the 49ers at the link. Chris, you know what I'm going to ask you. How's it going? I think I do. I'm doing all right, man. You know, I, I had a feeling that was coming coming right there. And you know what? I'm doing great, man. How about you? Know, I'm, I'm, you know, it's it's a Friday. Friday evening. I like a good Friday evening before a home game. I get to hang out with my kid and my wife and go out to dinner. We've started this new tradition where we go out on Fridays just because Saturdays typically I'm either traveling or working and that I'm looking forward to. But I wanted to make sure that we fill the people's ears with a preview for the 49ers. I know I was off yesterday because of the Jewish holiday, so we weren't able to record before that. You know, I was fasting, so I was in kind of a rough mood. Uh, Luckily, I broke the fast with some Italian food and had some Samuel Adams Oktoberfest, which I didn't know I liked until like (laughs) a week ago. So there's that. But anyway, um, (laughs) chicken parm. Look, we'll we'll get into it. We'll get because we're a little late. So let's let's unpack the injury situation right off the bat. What's good about doing this later is we know who will play and who probably won't. Uh, what we do know is for the second straight week, Rodney McLeod has been ruled out. Uh, obviously, he missed all the preseason and all the training camp uh, as he recovered from his ACL surgery from last season. Um, his goal was week one. The Eagles took him off PUP so he wouldn't miss six weeks. He's practiced in limited capacity the past two weeks. I'm guessing that they're saving him for Dallas next week uh, because they'll get an extra day since it's on Monday night and He'll be able to kind of feel things out a little bit more. Um, I think if this was a playoff game, they'd probably insert him in. But I think it's smart to kind of wait with him. That said, though, the Eagles are painfully thin at safety. So the only other name on the injury report uh, heading into the weekend was Marcus Epps. uh, The backup safety who started last week against the Falcons, suffered a concussion in the first half. 
He's still in the concussion protocol. Nick Sirianni says that they won't find out about his status probably until late in Saturday. And even then, you never know with concussions. You can feel symptoms up to the game. Um, you know, really, they have two healthy natural safeties in Kayvon Wallace and Anthony Harris right now. Uh, then the rest of the depth chart's kind of like uh, Andre Shashir is the backup nickel corner. He can also play safety. Avante Maddox can play safety, but he's dealing with a groin injury. Not great. So what's your outlook on the secondary and what can the Eagles do heading into this game? Well, they, it's almost at a point now where they have to hope, especially going against San Francisco 49ers tight end George Kittle, it's almost at a point where you have to hope that Epps' lease suits up and is ready to go. I mean, we've only seen him in, the, in that limited views that we've had in practice, but you saw him jogging around. He looked like he's fine. But like you said, it's a lot of times with these concussions, you can feel fine. All of a sudden you get a headache or something or stomach's feeling like something goes wrong. So I think for the Eagles' sake, they have to hope that he gets back. I mean, when it comes to McLeod, it's a matter of it's still early in the season. There's nothing on the line per se right now. They're not fighting for a division spot or a playoff spot. So you don't have to force him in. And you want to make sure he gets it right because it's not only a physical thing where you want to make sure his knee is strong and sound and ready to go in that aspect. You want to make sure he feels comfortable in the mental aspect that he can run around and go shift side to side and and do the things that's necessary for him when he's back at safety. I will say this, like looking what we saw when he first started practicing to what he sees now, he's moving around. His lateral movement looks a lot better than what it did. So I think that's an, that's an improvement. And I think we'll learn a lot when if to see if the Eagles do call up somebody from their practice squad. If we see Elijah Riley's name pop up, I think that's going to be a big indication of what's going to happen with Marcus Epps and if he's going to be ready to go from there on out. But this is going to be a tough thing going against Kittle if you don't have Epps and McLeod. Yeah, I think they'll they'll end up promoting Elijah Riley. I think what they like about Kayvon Wallace is he's aggressive and he can play the nickel position, and so he's okay in coverage. Um, Kittle's a guy that you're going to have two guys on him no matter what anyway. You're going to have to bracket him. Um, but that puts a lot of pressure on the defensive line, who was terrific last week, but didn't get sacks until the fourth quarter. They're going to need to hit and, and pummel uh, Jimmy Garoppolo really early on to kind of negate Kittle's effectiveness because if the ball can't get to him, he can't do anything. And I think that's going to be their strategy moving into this game. Now, before we get into a preview of the 49ers and we get talk about Jalen Hurts, we brought up the injury report. Let's get into the 49ers. So they ruled out Dre Greenlaw, who's the starting linebacker. Um, he got injured last week. He's not going to play. Uh, cornerback Emmanuel Mosley is doubtful. Um, he's their number two corner, I believe. Uh, they also lost their number one corner, Jason Barrett, to injury as well last week. Um, and then questionable <laughs> Arik Armstead. Javon Kinlaw, Marcel Harris, all of these guys are really important players in this defense, especially Armstead, who I think is the best player on that defensive line outside of Nick Bosa. So, um, I, I mean, not great. Uh, they also <laughs> lost Raheem Morstet, Mostet, Mostert last, last week. Uh, Travaris Moore, who's one of their better special teams players, is out. Um, really, they're out of some really talented players. I do think the 49ers are a tad bit overrated, even prior to these injuries. Uh, they do still have Fred Warner, who's probably 
a top three middle linebacker in the league. They do have Kittle, who, in my opinion, is the top tight end in the league. Uh, Debo Samuel is going to be a handful for Avante Maddox in the slot. Brendan Ayu can do some fun things. Uh, although I, I've read that he is somewhat in the doghouse. Uh, you know, their running scheme uh, is obviously susceptible to anyone ba- basically breaking out and picking up a lot of yardage. Uh, this is going to be a good challenge for the front seven, but we'll get back into that later. I just, I wanted to hit injuries while we had the injuries, get them out of the way. So the Eagles practiced at the link on Friday, kind of just to get a feel, uh, Nick Sirianni was asked point blank why they did that. Uh, he kind of gave the no shiz answer of, well, we play there on, on Sunday and that got a good laugh. Um, but Really, I do think there's an advantage there. I also think playing a West Coast team at 1 o'clock, I know sometimes that hasn't been an advantage against teams like Seattle and teams that are just very, very good. But I think San Francisco has a lot of adversity that they're battling through, not just with injury, but trying to figure out this two-quarterback offense as well as it worked last week. You never know. You saw with Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts and obviously Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo are different players. I even asked... Nick Sirianni, who ran a two-quarterback offense last year with Philip Rivers and Jacoby Brissett, if if that helped him strategically, he basically flat out denied it and made me feel foolish, uh, <laughs> you know, which happens from time to time. So, uh, you know, it, it's interesting. I think the Eagles have a lot of advantages here as far as, like, intangible advantages. I think the 49ers have a better roster, pound for pound, but it's pretty close and so, you know, you and I both have the Eagles winning this one. We'll, we'll get into our scores later in our predictions. But uh, I think the intangible differences really help the Eagles on Sunday afternoon. And one of those intangible differences is the uh, dual threat nature of Jalen Hurts. And I think I'm going to turn it to you, Mr. Quarterback, and, and talk about oh, his potential, not only against San Francisco, but against Dallas, who has kind of a rough secondary. Both these teams, the, the next two outings, their secondaries are either banged up or terrible. So what do you think is the potential over this first three-week stretch for, for Jalen Hurts, who was phenomenal against the Falcons? If they can start off 3-0 and with all the injury and suspension adversity the Cowboys are also facing, I mean, what, what's the potential here for this quarterback position? Well, I think right now, I think his numbers are going to his th- passing yard numbers. I think are going to go a lot higher than what people expect because when you have a guy who can move around like Hertz can and create plays with his legs, it creates a lot of fear in a lot of defensive coordinators' minds. And the natural inclination is, okay, we got to play a lot of zone. Well, if you play a lot of zone, you're leaving a lot of spaces open and for to take advantage of, especially with the tight ends and with the wide receivers going across the middle and. When you have Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz that can maneuver around the middle of the field, they can find the soft spots and gain a lot of a lot of yards and you continue that. It's, it's just a domino effect. And then not only do you have to play more zone, then you have to worry about do you play a spy with that? And so like you may could see this week with Fred Werner, do you play a spy against Jalen Hurts? Well, if you have to use that, then that really takes another defender away out in coverage and leaves even more space to operate in the middle. So I think one thing you'll see is Hurts is still going to have some design runs just to keep the defenses honest. I really do believe that. 
I think you're going to see his passing yards be a lot higher than what people expect because they're going to, he's going to have those opportunities to throw in the middle of the field and it'll be high percentage throws that he can complete and do that. As for this week, I remember, uh, D'Amico Ryan said, the San Francisco 49ers defensive coordinator, D'Amico Ryan said, hey, you know what? He's going to use Trey Lance to try to simulate the way that Hurts does for the scout team for defense to see, which, don't get me wrong, Trey Lance is a good, is athletically, that's a good person to have. But one thing that Hurts has more than what Lance does is he has a lot more playing time to get used to NFL speed. So you can use Lance to run around and get used to that aspect, but when you're a guy like Hertz, who's still evolving as a quarterback, who did a really good job last week of being patient to let routes open up down the field, you can't play. You can't. You can't. You can practice. You can use Lance all you want for that, but it's tough to practice against that. And the 49ers are going to have to try to learn on the fly, and that just sets up for so many, so many possibilities for this Eagles offense to succeed. Yeah, I mean, look, I, the thing that I was most impressed with the other day was not his accuracy, not his control of the offense, but his composure. I, I mean, I, I didn't notice the dude sweat once. I mean, I'm sure he did sweat. It's football and he's an athlete. But I mean, just from a, <laughs> the perspective of nothing seems to bother him, except when he gets pulled in the middle of a season finale game for Nate Sutfeld. Uh, oh, that shouldn't bother him. But... Other than that, you know, he just doesn't seem to flinch. And I think that's going to be important because I do think this is going to be a very close game. And let's get into that, okay? So um, when you look at their quarterback attack, they had uh, Jimmy Garoppolo start. He played the majority of the game. They had Trey Lance in there for about like a handful of snaps. Um, He threw a five-yard touchdown to a, a wide receiver on an out route. Uh, nothing too impressive. I mean, he's an impressive player. Don't get me wrong. He can make every throw in the book, but it's not like they used him to stretch the field. Um, that could change here, though. Um, what do you think is going to be the most difficult aspect of, cover, of of defending these two quarterbacks who have very drastically different styles? I think the biggest thing for me is just keeping playing discipline because you'll see when you look at the way the 49ers play offense and you see all the wide receivers going through all that motion I think a lot of times the tendency is and and it's human nature you start looking your eyes start to wander against these wide receivers and and these backs moving around and then you forget okay and next thing you know you see Garoppolo or Lance running a bootleg on backside and there's a receiver going right behind you because because the defenders let their eyes basically go wander in the backfield that's going to be the toughest thing is the Eagles are going to have to play disciplined football and a good assignment football in order to win this game. And when you look at, I, I think they're both mobile quarterbacks. I just think Garoppolo is more of a dangerous threat at this moment right now because I think he's got the more experience to try to help, try to tear apart these defenses. And I like the fact that Kyle Shanahan has done a good job basically using Kittle in the middle of the field, using routes that has seemed to basically like high percentage throws, routes that allow him to that, that let the receivers flow to the ball with him as when he goes on these bootlegs and runs on the outside. So I think that's a good job by Shanahan designing those things. But when Lance comes in, I can see him getting probably 10 snaps this this week. I, I can see him trying to throw a little, try to throw some wrinkles in there because nobody's got tape on him. Not a lot of tape on him. You only have five plays. And so you can see, I don't know, maybe you see a speed option or maybe you see something else that the Eagles haven't prepared for. But 
I don't, you won't, I don't think, unless barring an injury to Garoppolo, I, I don't think you'll see too much. I'll see a little bit more Lance, but not too much. But they they each possess their own problems for the Eagles defense. So getting to the running backs, um, Raheem Mostert uh, got injured. Uh, he will not be playing in this game. But as I brought up earlier in the show, um, they the scheme that the Shanahan family runs tends to get running backs a lot of yardage, no matter who they are. Excuse me. For instance, this past week, uh, six-round rookie Elijah Mitchell played most of the game. He had 19 carries for 104 yards and a touchdown. Who? But, I mean, like, that's that's the thing with this with this offense is you've got to be, like you said, assignment sound in the running game. Uh, listen, Josh Sweat had a, a great game against the run last week. Uh, Javon Hargrave's been good against the run. Brandon Graham's always good against the run. Derek Barnett's really good against the run. So maybe they're able to subdue that part of the game. They were able to do that somewhat last time they played. This is obviously a different team, a different look. Jimmy Garoppolo's in there, et cetera. But uh, it's still going to be a challenge. Um, they have, in my opinion, the best fullback of the last 10 years in Kyle Juszczyk. Uh, we all know how I feel about fullbacks. A what, I was say a what, oh, they use a what? <laughs> He's a fullback. But here's yes. the thing, too, is like when you're defending the middle of the field, which the 49ers really make you do because they essentially have five guys who are natural slot receivers who play everywhere in Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel, Mohamed Sanu, Trent uh, Sherfield. Uh, George Kittle, obviously, and then Ross uh, Dwelly. So there, there's like guys who are all hybrid players that really excel in the slot and and crossing the tackle box and going up the seam. That your safeties really have to be sound here. They cannot bite on play fakes, or you're going to be toasted. You can't. Your nickel corner cannot miss tackles. Like this is going to weigh. Like I actually think this might be the easiest assignment for Nelson and Slay during the first half of the season, just from the outside. Look, Brandon Ayuk's yards after the catch machine and they're still going to have to tackle well, but from a, you know, covering guys down the field kind of, uh, you know, they're going to have to cover a lot of slants. That's what it's going to be. They know what this is going to be here. Um, can you talk about kind of the, the 49ers passing game and, and going up against that? Sure. The main thing you want to, it's going to be a lot of, everything's based off the run for them. And when you look at the, uh, they use a lot of that zone running concept, that zone scheme. So you'll see the linemen start to go that first level, but they're always trying to work up their way up to this, to like the linebackers and the safeties. And that's what uh, all the Shanahan schemes are based off of. So if the, if the four Eagles are able to stop the run for the 49ers run, I think you stopped that that stopped, stopped 49ers offense. I liked Elijah Mitchell a, a lot. If the Eagles had not selected Gainwell in the fifth round, He's a guy when he was in Louisiana, he really stepped out to me when looking over a tape for all the potential prospects. I think he can do he can not only run the ball, I think he's a good receiver out the backfield as well, too. So I think he could present some problems right there. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Kyle Shanahan wanted to get Garoppolo into this into a flow earlier on. They use him on some screens because he can get out that line is athletic and is able to get out to the outside and Elijah Mitchell Elijah Mitchell is a good receiver to try to go ahead and get something established that way. And then once you get the run going with the 49ers, they like to go ahead and bootleg off of that. So you'll get they'll try to get the Eagles to start flowing toward the line of scrimmage, trying to stop the run. And next thing you know you see Garoppolo booting out the back the back door. And next thing you know you have Kittle who's 
faking like he was going to the pass block, he's going across, or you can have Ayuk going downfield, and then you're really in trouble because the whole back seven of the defense is out of position. So that's where assignment football is going to come be key in that, and the Eagles are going to have to play. I wouldn't be surprised if they play a lot of zone in this one. I, I wouldn't play a lot of man against this 49ers defense just because they're fast when it comes after the catch, and they're, they're, they can make a lot of plays after it. So as long as they keep the ball in front of them, I think they'll be fine, and they have to tackle this week. They had some issues early on in last week's game against the Falcons. They cannot let Ayuk get get the ball and, and, and Debo Mitchell, Debo Samuel as well too, get the ball and break a couple tackles. The next thing you know, they're 20, 30 yards down the field and it, it can sustain momentum for the 49ers offense. So they, they present a lot of problems at all levels of the, of the defense. And so the Eagles are going to have to make sure they tackle the ball, tackle very well against the 49ers. And I think the offensive line is going to be a challenge for for this defensive line too. I, I do think the defensive line has a, has an edge in some areas, but man, Trent Williams top three left tackle, uh, Mike McGlinchey a top ten right tackle, Lincoln Tomlinson has become a really good guard uh, since leaving uh, Detroit. Um, Alex Mack obviously is is one of the generational centers. Uh, in the league, Daniel Brunskill is a guy who's really come on as a guard after being in, in the, uh, I believe it was the AAF or the XFL uh, a couple of years ago. Um, switching over to the defensive line, we brought him up earlier. Arik Armstead is is awesome. Nick Bosa is a just absolute beast. D Ford had a really good week, uh, or, or I should get, say game against Detroit last week. Uh, if Javon Kinlaw is there, he gives them really good rotational pieces. Kevin Givens is good. Uh, I mean, like this is Arden Key. Like there's like a really, really nice group of defensive lines up front. You look at their front seven. Um, I said it earlier. I think Fred Warner is a top three linebacker, if not the top linebacker in the league. They're a little light at linebacker uh, because Marcel Harris and Greenlaw are both dealing with injuries. Aziz Al-Shahir is, I, I think I pronounced that cr- correctly, he's kind of like a weak side safety hybrid linebacker. Um, chances are he would be a guy who covers one of the tight ends, and that's not a good matchup for them. Um, on You know, at, at corner, they have uh, Deontay Johnson, who's bounced around the league, Drake Kirkpatrick, who they just signed, Josh Norman, who has kind of been on like the downward swing of his career for the last couple of years. Kwan Williams, who's actually a really good slot uh, slot corner. Um, and then a free safety, they have Jimmy Ward, who is just like a consummate, like undermentioned dude, but he's really good. Uh, uh, I can't even pronounce his name, but Tart is very good. Um, and they got a special J- team. Jaquiski? Yeah, Jaquiski. Yeah. Uh, Sometimes you just don't, you don't try, you know, <laughs> if you're just not good at something, don't do it. That's what my mother always said. Um, but yeah, talk to me about this defense and the, and the challenges and maybe uh, weaknesses that they have uh, for the Eagles. Well, obviously they, they have, I think I like the pass rush that they have. I think they bring pressure, but the front four can sustain pressure if they, they, the front four has the ability to sustain pressure. The one thing that I really, looking at the tape from last week when the 49ers played the Detroit Lions, the middle of the field, between the tackles, what, between tackles and extended, whether it was the run game or whether it was the passes to the tight ends, 
the, the Lions just took them to t- task for that, especially in the first half. And it wasn't until the Lions defense started giving up points where it forced Detroit to start throwing the ball more and took them out their their game plan. I think this is a this could potentially be a really big week for Miles Sanders. He's I, I really like the way that he played last week against the Falcons. And I think he can carry that over this week. That offensive line seems like it's clicking right now very well. And the way that they, they this, the Eagles' offensive line has been attacking the defenses, I really like this way. It bodes well. It sets up very, very well for them to gain gain a lot of yards on the ground. And this week, looking up for both Dallas Goddard and for Zach Ertz, I say this is money games for them. And the reason why I say it's money games for them is these are the type of games where you saw Tyler Hawkinson for Detroit have a big game. Well, both these guys are looking for their next big payday. This is these are the types of games where you want to see that this they're going to put on tape and say, hey, you know what? I played very well against the 49ers. They picked up a lot of yards. This is why I deserve X amount of dollars for this many years. I think they can really exploit the middle of the field against them. I mean, especially if Warner is going to spy Hurts, if, if that's the plan that they have to try to limit the, the amount of runs, even if it's a little sit route or a dig route where they just go like 10 yards and just sit in the middle of the field, they can eat that way a lot. And then they can get fat and happy with that as well, too. And we've seen the ability, especially Goddard, but also Ursus Sermon as well, too, to run a ball off the catch. They can really make some plays in the middle of the field. And I think, I really, truly think that Shane Steichen and Nick Sirianni have been sitting around finding ways. We saw those unique formations with the three tight ends. I wouldn't be surprised if you see both of them on the field lined up next to each other in the personnel and maybe have I don't know, maybe have Ertz clear out one route in the middle of the field and you have Goddard go right behind them to set them up or vice versa. There's a lot they can do to exploit the middle of that 49ers defense and have a really big day. And then once you have that, you set things up for uh, Devonta Smith, Jalen Rager, and Quez Watkins. So there's a lot. This, I think this Eagles, off, especially with the injuries, I think this Eagles offense will do well. Um, You know, <laughs> It's funny because they're light on linebackers. They have an open spot. And the only real like linebacker with experience on their practice squad is on the 49ers practice squad is our good pal, Nathan uh, Gary. Uh, So that would be a treat, I think, for Eagles fans uh, if they got to see him. Uh, The Eagles actually have quite a few former uh, Eagles or the 49ers actually have quite a few former Eagles on their practice squad. Nate Sudfeld, Jordan Matthews, ever heard of him? Carry on Johnson, <laughs> River Crawcraft. Yeah, that guy. And and Nathan Gary. So that's five of the 16 are former Eagles. That's kind of wild. None of I, I don't think anybody on the main roster is a former Eagle. Uh, God bless him. Um, so Let's get into our, our score predictions here. What do you got as your final thoughts, Chris? Wrap us up with uh, what you think the score is going to be. What what do you think uh, happens in this game? Are the Eagles 2-0 uh, to start the season? Well, I think the 49ers staying in West Virginia to try to get used to the Eastern time zone. You can try to do that all you want, but I still think it's tough for a West Coast team to come across to, come across to play an East Coast team at 1 o'clock. I still think that affects them. Uh, it's the first game that you're going to have a full crowd at Lincoln Financial Field since the wild card loss to the Seattle Seahawks. I think this is a game that the Eagles take advantage of the injuries and exploit exploit them. I think the Eagles win 23-20. They move surprisingly to 2-0. What, do you, what say you? Yeah, I got 26-24. I think, I think there are going to be situations where this game is going to get very, very tight. I think Jalen Hurts is going to have – a have to lead a fourth quarter comeback. And I think he will. Uh, And I think you're going to hear the national media really pivot after this one. 
Um, it just kind of seems like everything's cracking the Eagles way, if that makes sense. That For the most part, they're healthy. Uh, that's the collective sound of every Eagles fan knocking on wood right now. Um, <laughs> you know, they seem to be in a rhythm like their wide receiver game is dangerous. They're un- unproven doesn't mean untalented. And I think that's the saying that should come with this wide receiver group. It seems like Jalen Rager's got a great attitude. Quez Watkins is ready to rock. Uh, Devontae Smith is Devontae Smith. Um, and I agree with you. The running game, I think, can be really, really dangerous. I'm going to actually say Kenny Gainwell is going to be the hero of this one. Um, I think he marries into what Jalen Hurts does extremely well, especially in a hurry-up offense. It's very difficult to contain the shiftiness of both players, especially when you're rocking read options and design runs um, with these linebackers that they have. While Fred Warner's terrific, I mean, the majority of the time, Jalen Hurts and and Kenny Gainwell are taking it out outside, trying to get away from the two from him. So, uh, I'm intrigued by this matchup. I think it's going to be very close either way. Uh, I'm going to go. Yeah, I mean, I'm I got the Eagles winning by two. Um, I feel pretty confident in it. Uh, I have all week. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I think uh, this will be an interesting one. Um, and look, I, I don't, I don't know what the sentiment's going to be after this game, but I do know that the defense really needs to show up here. Um, they got a lot of credit. They've, they've, they did really well last week, but to me, whoever wins this matchup, the D their defense is going to really need to step up. And to me, I think the Eagles defense is just a tad bit better, a tad a tad. Uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll see where that goes, but make sure you guys sign up for Eagles extra nj.com slash text. Chris texts out commentary throughout games. Um, you get all the information during the week sent to your phone. You can avoid the cluster that is social media and we'll deliver it right to you. On top of that, uh, make sure you subscribe to the no huddle show podcast and, and give us five star ratings. Give us reviews. Tell us what you think. Um, you know, we love hearing from you. So for Chris, I'm Mike. We'll talk to you very soon after the Eagles face the 49ers. 